think about what would be the benefit of slowing down and accepting where you're at, accepting how you feel, and instead of trying to change your situation, just accepting that that's where you're at. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. I am your host, Blaze Collette, and I am really excited because today we're going to get into a cool topic. And this topic and this episode is titled How to Find Yourself If You're Feeling Lost. And I feel that after the 2020 situation and even 2021, I was really required to do a lot of soul searching and to really think about my life and think about the trajectory of where my life was going and my mental state and my physical state and all of these things that I had never really had time to think about. And in that soul searching process, there were so many times that I felt so lost and it took me really going down through these periods of that feeling of being so lost to learning how to find myself again. And so that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast today. And these practices that I'm going to share with you are things that are going to be really applicable to your life. And I am excited because they don't, you know, they're not requiring money or anything crazy. What they require is intention and what they require is mindfulness and awareness. And that's something that costs no money to cultivate. And we can all do that and we can all be better. So today we are going to talk about how to find yourself if you're feeling lost. But before we get into the episode, I do want to share with you something that I am feeling really excited about. And just with the new year, I've had a lot of clients reaching out to me about one-on-one nutrition coaching. And I'm excited to share an offer with you. So basically, what we're doing is you and I, we are meeting once every week and speaking about your nutrition goals and how they are catered specifically to you. And we're learning and I'm teaching you about the types of foods that work best for your body, the types of foods that maybe don't feel good for your body, learning how to moderate your portion control, how to understand your macronutrients, which is your protein, your carbs, and your fat. And doing all of that in a way that shifts your mindset towards food so that you feel really relaxed in your food mentality and it's not this stressful thing. And that is something that I have found with one-on-one coaching has really helped me when I've worked with nutrition coaches in the past is learning what works for me and what doesn't. So if you're interested, I am offering your first session complimentary with Wholehearted Glow Coaching. And it's it's a really cool thing to delve into, right? Personal training is great. And I've been doing that for a really long time. And I love working with people on that. But nutrition coaching is where we really get into what are you eating? How is it affecting your body? How is it affecting the way you look? How is it affecting the way you feel? And also your stress levels and your mental health, because it is all very connected. I am certified as a precision nutrition coach which is an accredited nutrition coaching program in the United States. And I'm really excited because it feels really aligned to work with people on their one-on-one nutrition goals. So if you're interested in that, just feel free to head over to my website at wholeheartedglowcoaching.com. Okay, let's get into it. So we're going to take this episode 
in counterparts and we're going to work with opposites. So I'm going to share with you a way in which I've really lost myself and then a way in which I've really been able to ground down and find myself again and, and working between these two polarizing things so that you can maybe relate to what could be happening in your life if you are losing yourself and then a way for you to pull it back in and feel more grounded. Okay. The first one I think that you could definitely relate to is in my phone. I, I I really am guilty of this disassociation from myself when I'm hyper, hyper zoned into my cell phone, into Instagram, into work emails, whatever it may be that goes in on the phone. There's something that happens there where like psychologically, I can't focus on anything else. I might hear people talking around me, but I can't actually listen to them because I am not focused because I'm so focused on my phone. And I I find myself really dropping out of my body. So if this has ever happened to you where you're you're looking at your phone and you, you almost forget kind of where you are or how you got there, or if you've ever been guilty of like, texting and driving or looking at your phone and driving and you're like, how did I even get from my house to Target? Like, I don't remember anything. That disassociative state, I am definitely one of those people that I really have to keep that in check. And if I don't, I I will definitely feel less in my body and then that makes my mental space more scattered, which we're going to talk more about as we continue. So, a really great way to counteract this is obviously to, you know, take away the driving factor, which would be the phone, right? So what I'll do is I'll take an hour. I'll just put my phone in my room face down and I will either go for a walk. I will move my body. I will try to read a book or just spend some time away. And another thing that I do as well is if I'm done with work for the day or, you know, it's a day off or a weekend, instead of bringing my phone with me, you know, if you're in town and you know where you're going, I'll just go run errands without my phone. And you might be thinking, please, like, that's impossible. I have to use my credit card on my phone, my directions, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the reality is people have been doing this for a long time without their phones. And it's possible. So what I'll do is if I know I need to go to three places, I'll make sure, you know, that I've got water and maybe some tunes on my radio, old school style, because I can't connect my Bluetooth without my phone. And I'll just leave it and I'll go and I'll really allow myself to just be in that moment, even if it is the most mundane moment of the day. And I find that even just 30 or 45 minutes away from my phone really allows me to drop back into myself. And another way you can do this too is when you're going in the outdoors, right? Maybe you're just going for a run and you live in a city, or maybe you're going out for a long hike because you live in an area where you can go hiking, or maybe you're going to the beach. Those are all really great opportunities to find yourself again, to ground yourself again, to get back into your body. And a lot of times the electronic devices just pull us away from that. So setting them down, leaving it in the car, leaving it in your bag, or even having an accountability buddy. Sometimes if I go out with friends or I want to have that de-screening time, I will tell one of my friends, hey, can you please hold my phone and put it in your purse? And if you know an emergency happens, let me know. And they're like, okay, I can do that. 
It seems really silly, but it helps so much with getting back to yourself. The next one that I think, especially, I think everyone can relate to this. I'm not even going to gender it. I think men and women can relate to this in different ways, but similarly. And that is with work validation. I used to lose myself so much in my identity within my work, in where I was at in my career, in how much money I was making, in other people telling me that I was doing a good job, right? And so what happened was I stopped focusing on personal relationships probably about four years ago. And, you know, I still had personal relationships, but the quality of them was a lot lower than it is now because I was so much more focused on this work validation. Like I I thought in my head that if I made a certain amount of money or if my boss liked me enough that like, (laughs) this sounds so bad, but that I was going to be lovable, right? Or I was going to be better or I was going to be more successful if I had this validation coming from work. And a lot of this comes from my desire for financial independence because I have been on my own since I was about 18. And I've always felt like I need to validate that I am financially independent and I need to validate that through my work validating me. So I really struggled with this in corporate and in my first few jobs before corporate because I had such a big attachment to people telling me that I was doing a good job. And this was just really not a sustainable way to validate. And the most and only sustainable way that I have found is in validation of myself. And so I got really caught up in this. And I think that this was a big propeller for the burnout that I went through. And I know that I've talked about that on previous episodes. So if you are curious, you can always go back, I think about three episodes and listen to that. But I really felt just that I was swirling around grabbing at attention or validation that I was doing a good job. And there's nothing wrong with knowing that what you're doing is benefiting other people and that it's positive. But for me, I couldn't make it my lifeline and my life source because then what would happen is if something would happen at work or if something would happen with a client, you know, now I've been running my own business for two years. And if something would happen that wasn't great or I would lose money or I would lose income or I would you know have a client who was upset right that would just send me into this huge drop and this huge deficit and it was really hard to pull myself out of that and so what I've done and how I've been able to come out of this and not feel so lost is to not really identify with work in such an intense way that I used to. The only reason I tell people I'm a trainer is because people are like, why do you get up so early? And I'm like, because I have to train my clients. Um, but other than that, I I really try not to think about that as my identity. And I just like to think that Blaze is my identity. And, and who I am is this never-ending and ever-evolving person. And it doesn't start or begin with my job title. So in doing that and releasing that identity, it's allowed me to not get so lost. But what has pulled me back in when I felt like I was getting lost is 
allowing myself to repeat positive mantras and affirmations that are just such simple concepts, right? Like, I am enough as I am. I am enough as I am. Another great one that I like that hopefully could be beneficial to you is, I am not defined by my productivity. I am not defined by my productivity. And another one is, I allow myself space to slow down and to receive. I allow myself space to slow down and to receive. These are simple and you can come up with your own, but they're great ways to understand that you're not a machine, you're not only your work, and that doesn't have to be your number one identity. You can just be who you are and that's enough because even if tomorrow the world were to end and you were to lose your job, you would still be you. And I think that's such an important lesson for men and for women, because for men, it's like you all are the providers and you all (laughs) don't come at me. You all are seen like biologically as the people who provide, right? Or who give and women are seen as the nurturers. Now we can talk about this in the context of normal male, female, or we can talk about this in the context of however you identify, right? Let's let's say like this, you could identify as more of a provider, you could identify as a nurturer, or you could identify as a provider and a nurturer. But I think for men that it's a challenging one because it's one of the first things for men and women, let's just take it out of gender. It's the first thing people ask us is like, who are you? What do you do? And there's this big identity associated around it. And I think that that is a really challenging thing to let go of. So now I have this practice is when I meet people, instead of asking them, what do they do? I'm just like, what are you inspired by recently? Or like, what what are you enjoying doing these days? Because especially in the United States, we just spend so much time and place so much emphasis on work. It's rare that we're able to see people for who they are beyond their work. So if you find yourself getting lost in that work validation, I'm going to challenge you to repeat some positive mantras and understand that it is not your identity. Another one that I found very interesting to reflect on, and I'm really excited to share with you because the holidays just happened, is that I have really struggled in the past with losing myself when I'm around family. And it's this weird dynamic because I almost feel that no matter how old I am, how mature I am, you know, I go into the holiday week, let's say, for example, and I'm like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to be so grounded. I'm going to be so relaxed. I'm not going to let things upset me. There's going to be no family drama. (laughs) Has anyone been there before? You're like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be fucking awesome. And I'm going to have so much fun with my family. And then it's like you get there and I somehow struggle with reverting back to my childhood self because that's such a deeply ingrained pattern for me. So it's like I'm 28 years old, but I'll revert back to my 14-year-old self when I'm around my brothers and my mom because that's like how I grew up. And I'll find myself going back into habits that I know I've evolved from. Like I know that those things aren't me anymore, right? Like you know, I 
when I was a 13-year-old, obviously I had a little bit of an attitude and I was a little bit of a bitch and I wasn't super considerate and I had my selfish moments and I was very immature. And I really struggle when I'm with family to stay connected to who I am now because my brain is so ingrained in that childhood development that I'm like, I'm going to revert back. I'm going to be who I used to be. And I almost have to watch myself in subconsciously because consciously I'm not trying to do anything or to upset anyone. But what's happening subconsciously is that I'm reverting back to old patterns because I'm in that environment. It's kind of like if you are an addict and you stop drinking and you don't go to bars anymore. And then one day you go to a bar and you're like way more tempted to relapse because you're in that environment. It's the same thing. So allowing myself not to get lost in who I used to be is oof, such a lifelong practice. So what it comes down to for me is to accept that I'm in a new environment and to really pull into my routines. This helped me so much on my last vacation where my entire family was together for Christmas. Yes, there was definitely some drum drum and there were definitely some tough moments. And those moments happened right when I got there. So what I did was after that first night, I was there for about five days I decided, I was like, you have to stay very true and very strong to your routines. And the really beautiful thing was that my family really honored that for me and they honored that for the other members of our family. So for example, in the morning, I would wake up, I do my tongue scraping, which I'm obsessed with. It's so great for digestion. It's Ayurvedic. And then I would brush my teeth, floss my teeth, drink a nice warm glass of water with lemon and then have, you know, a little bit of coffee or tea. And then I would go out for my run and I would get in my three to five miles, feel amazing, come back, you know, maybe do a little bit of core work, maybe do a lifting session. And you might think, oh my gosh, Blaze, what an extensive routine. Or I would take 10 minutes to meditate. But All in all, I could do all of that in about an hour and a half. And if I'm getting up early, you know, at six o'clock or 5.30, or even if it's for you, you're like, I don't want to get up that early, get up. If your family isn't up till nine, get up at seven. Just giving yourself that time to pull into your routine, it allows you to remind yourself who you are now and the habits that you have now so that you're not losing yourself when your family gets around you and if you feel agitated or frustrated by them. And then in the evenings, really honoring your routines as well. And even during the day, I also have a really nice ritual that I've created for myself now where I always have downtime between two and three-ish. So what this does is it just allows me to rest. I'll meditate. I will take some deep breaths. I'll drink water, maybe go for a walk, maybe lay down. And I know this is very counterculture to most of the things that you might hear about personal development or self-work or growth. But I have found that honoring those routines really, really helps me with my forward propelling of my own personal growth. And it's just because I'm honoring myself and I'm not wearing myself to the bone. I'm not completely losing myself, right, for other people or for my family. I'm like, nope, this is the time that I need for me and I will show up better once I've had this time. And then finally, focus on your evening routines as well. So 
if you feel yourself getting lost when you're with family, you know, even if your evening routine is only 20 minutes, you can take, you can go to bed 20 minutes early and just say, hey guys, I'm going to go to bed. I'll see you in the morning. And this is applicable to a vacation with a significant other as well. And just being like, I'm going to go upstairs, you know, I'm going to go brush my teeth, tongue scrape, drink some tea, and then maybe spend 10 minutes reading or 10 minutes writing a gratitude journal. Something really simple. We don't have to make these giant routines because when we do, we set ourselves up for failure. If we're speaking about this from a behavioral coaching perspective, and I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but if you're trying to set up routines so that you stay grounded and they're so extensive and have so many things in them, it's going to overwhelm you and you might keep it up for a day or two, but not the entire time that you're with your family or not the entire month if you're trying to implement something new. So Think about that and allow yourself to be grounded in those routines so that when things get chaotic, which inevitably they will, you will feel more like you and less like the person you used to be. And that is such an embodied feeling. And I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about that in the last one in regards to food. But now I want to shift over and speak about anxiety. So if you've ever struggled with anxiety, you know that it is it is another level and form of this disassociation where you really lose your calm, relaxed nature and you start to spiral into this person and you're like, I don't even remember, like, who, who, who is that girl? What is she doing? Why is she freaking the fuck out? Sometimes this will happen to me if I'm not taking care of myself. That's the biggest factor that I've found in I really do lose myself and I'm like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. I've got all of these things going on or this person's upset with me and I have this challenge that I'm facing or whatever it may be. And then I just have to tell myself to stop. And once I allow myself that time, I start with acceptance. And instead of trying to push my anxiety away, which I've done for a long time, I I lean into it and I accept it and I say to myself, okay, Blaze, like, what do you need right now? For me, that has just been like one of the most compassionate things that I could do for myself is instead of beating myself up and being like, why are you so anxious? Why are you freaking out? You have so much going on. You're so overwhelmed. Holy shit. I just say, okay, Blazy, like, what do you need right now? And that's what I say to myself because normally I get anxious in the car. And it's funny because I was speaking with a client about her anxiety and we were doing a goal setting session and she has come such a long way and it's been so incredible to witness her transformation. So if you do have questions about goal setting and just leveling up in different areas of your life for personal growth and career, let me know. But anyways, she was like, yeah, I always feel really anxious when I'm in the car on my way to something or on my way back from work. And I could really relate to that because I have also struggled with that in the past and felt like I just was getting super in my head. And like I said, it's when I'm not taking care of myself that I lose myself. And that's when the anxiety pops up. So for example, if I'm dehydrated, that's a huge one for me. I get very anxious if I'm not properly hydrated. So that's such an easy way to curb your anxiety is to just drink a humongo glass of room temperature or warm water. Oh, it's so good. Cold water is not going to do it because that will make your digestion not as smooth. And then the next thing I do is I just take deep breaths. And again, I ask myself what I need. And then normally my body or my mind will tell me like, you need to put your phone down. 
You need to not work for the rest of the day. It's typically counterintuitive to what society tells us we should do because when my anxiety has been the worst is when I was like not listening to my body and I was just like, go, 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 go. And I was in that mentality. And so think about what would be the benefit of slowing down and accepting where you're at, accepting how you feel. And instead of trying to change your situation, just accepting that that's where you're at. And when you do that, then you can start to operate from this space when compassion for yourself instead of self-hatred. You have to love yourself out of your challenges. You can't hate yourself out of your challenges. I used to, you know, I've talked a lot about body image on the pod because as a fitness professional, it's been something that I've struggled with over the years, feeling like I have to look perfect all the time. And I thought that I could kind of hate myself into starving myself or going on diets or or being very extreme. And what really has allowed me to trust myself again is by listening to what I need and by not hating myself and and by really actually loving myself and being compassionate towards what I'm going through. So I have two more that I want to share with you. And the next one segues from what we were just talking about. And another thing that I have lost myself in is through obsession of food choices and through feeling like I said that I have to do everything perfectly because I'm a fitness professional and because I'm a nutrition coach. And it's something that I can really start to go down a rabbit hole with. Like you're going to eat this and you're only going to eat at these times and you're not going to eat then and you're not going to eat chocolate or you're not going to have sugar. You're going to stay off the gluten or you're not going to drink. And that mentality for so many years really ran my brain and I would get so swirled up in it feeling like there were all these rights and wrongs and yeses and nos. And the cool thing about the counter side of this and the finding yourself side of this is the cornerstone of trust and building that cornerstone for yourself and being like, I actually trust myself and I trust my body to make the choices that are going to be correct for my body, my heart, and my mind. And so when we start to come from that place instead of this like, oh, I have to do this, I have to restrict, I have to do this or or eat this thing, but not eat this thing and only eat at this time. When we come from that mentality, it's a very chaotic and scattered place to be for the brain. And so what that does for the body is it sends out these very alarming signals that we're not safe and we're not okay here and we're not able to really trust what choices we're making. And that increases stress in the body, which increases our cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, which then makes it even harder to lose weight. The times that I've had the most stress in my life are the times that I've been the heaviest. And so I think that's a big thing to look at in your life. Look at where your body's at in regards to stress and trust. How much do you really believe that you can make the right choices for you? And, you know, I've spent a long time studying nutrition, so I really understand a lot of the ways that the body works. And obviously we know that whole foods are way better for you than processed foods. But if you're even at a place where maybe you haven't done all that research, start to look at a list of whole foods. And I have a macro glowing shopping list on my website called 
at wholeheartedglowcoaching.com. And it's really just a simple list of basic foods that make you feel good when you eat them instead of making you feel like trash. And so just start to look at what processed foods are in your life and what non-processed foods are in your life. And then decide like what would taste good for you? What would feel good? And typically the things that we're drawn to in the context of nutritional unprocessed foods are the actually the foods that are the best for us. And you know, this is where we have to stop listening to what everyone else is doing and we have to tap into ourselves. So for me, for example, I do great on a high carb diet. Like I eat mostly gluten-free, but lots of whole grains, potatoes, rice is great for me, millet's great for me, quinoa is great for me. I eat a lot of that stuff and it doesn't affect my weight. It doesn't affect my bloat. I feel amazing if I'm doing proper food combining with other things. And you know, I could walk down the street and find someone who thinks that carbs are the devil and that they don't work for our bodies, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, you know, I'm an athlete and I work out a lot and carbs do great on my body. So listen to your body. Some people also do better. I also do better with high carb, high protein. I do great, better on proteins than I do on fats. Some people, you know, I have a roommate who does great on high fat. Like she eats hundreds of grams of fat per day and she's thriving. That's awesome for her. But for me, that doesn't work. It makes me feel very bloated. My stomach gets bigger and I don't, I don't like how it feels. So you have to listen to yourself and trust that you're going to make the right food decisions. Now, once we've started to trust that we're making the right food decisions, we can then trust that we're going to eat the right amount. I used to really, really struggle with this with my family because I grew up in a big home and there was always plenty of food, but I have three brothers and they just constantly are eating all the time. And even when I was on vacation with my family a few months ago, you know, my brother is so sweet and he didn't mean anything by it, but this is what happened. So we go to, and and this leads into trusting ourselves. We go into this restaurant, this Thai place, and he orders food. I order food. And he's like, Hey, um, you know, the food comes to the table. I ordered curry with some brown rice or something. And he ordered some other type of curry, but he didn't get rice for whatever reason with the plate he ordered. And the second the food gets to my plate, he's like, Blaze, can I have some of your rice? Like, can I please have some? And I'm like, No, Keenan, like, you cannot. And he's like, Why? Like, you're not going to eat all that rice. I'm like, Because. I just got my food. I want to be able to enjoy my food, eat the amount that I want. And if I have some leftover at the end, you're more than welcome to have it, right? Like we have to teach ourselves to trust that we're going to make the right food choices. And so in that moment, I felt myself reverting back to my younger self that always felt like I always felt like I had to eat a lot. I had to binge and like eat all this food because my brothers were constantly eating my food. You know, it's nothing that my mom did. She didn't do anything wrong. Neither did my dad. They always had food for me, but my brothers are insane and they eat a frick ton of food. And if you've ever dated a male or a growing male or a guy in their mid twenties, you can probably relate to the fact they're always hungry and they always want food. So in those settings, learn to trust yourself. And once you've trusted your choices, trust that you're going to eat until you're full. And this also has really been propelled for me by continuing my affirmations of saying to myself, I trust my food choices. I eat what feels good for me and I stop when I'm full. 
because I had to really rewrite that. And that took a lot of years. And now it's crazy because of course I eat whole unprocessed foods and I'm vegetarian and I have a lot of, you know, I eat a lot of really healthy stuff, but I don't count calories. I don't restrict myself. I don't binge anymore. And it's just because I learned to be intuitive and trust that when I was eating, I was eating the right amount. And when I wasn't hungry, I wasn't going to eat. And when I was full, I was going to stop. And so instead of losing myself in these obsessive spirals of what I'm going to eat, I just decided to listen. And that has really created this beautiful feeling of freedom for me for food. So I hope that you can continue to implement some of those practices and even further harmonize your relationship with food. And if you have any questions about nutrition coaching, obviously we can speak about it and I would love to help you. The last one I want to talk about that I have struggled with in the past is losing myself and my goals and forgetting about those around me. So if you've ever had this idea of tunnel vision, that is something that I have really struggled with. And I finally, finally learned these lessons like two years later about not being so tunnel vision about my life. I used to have a goal. I said it, you know, Ironman's a great example. I know I've spoken about that before or being a top trainer at Equinox. I've spoken about that before. I was like, I want to do this thing. I need to be the best. I have to achieve my goal or financial goals of saving up a certain amount of money. And I'm not going to stop until I reach that goal. If I don't reach that fucking goal, I'm going to hate myself. That was like my mentality. And this tunnel vision was great for getting me to my goal, you know, determination, very linear. It's a very masculine energy, but I was so, those were the times I felt so lost. I just, I, all I had was this goal and it was this thing in the future that I couldn't really touch. And I felt like I would be grasping at it for so long because I would typically set six months to year long goals. And so then I couldn't just sit back into the present and be myself in the moment because I was so focused on what the next moment would bring and what the next goal would bring me and how making this certain amount of money would make me feel a certain way. But the reality is when I've lost myself all of those times, the only thing that has really brought me back to myself that I want to share with you as our final point and this thing that I'm really excited about focusing on right now is enjoying the journey. It's such a cliche thing, like enjoy the journey. But this is the first probably two or three months of my life where I've actually started to understand what that means. It's like the whole mountain range. You look at this beautiful, humongous mountain range and you see the sunset and you see the pink colors and you see the jagged peaks and you see the trees and then you see the hills leading up to the mountain. And then throughout the mountain range, you see these beautiful trails that just kind of wind and weave around exactly where you're looking to go. And you think that getting to being at the top of the mountain is going to create this new reality for you where everything's going to be different. But the reality is the mountain and the mountainscape and the journey to the top and the journey back down and the things you see around it and the people you meet along the way are what really create this beautiful life and create this beautiful experience. And so when I've found myself getting lost, what I do is I try to look at the whole scope of my life. 
and I look at what's happening and I see myself kind of in this bird's eye view and I'm like, how am I acting in this scenario? Am I loving myself? Am I loving other people? Am I being kind to myself so that I can actually be kind to other people? So that instead of just focusing on racing to the top or getting to the goal, I'm able to really enjoy the beauty and the challenge of the process. So that's what I'm going to leave you with today is really asking yourself that question of like, when you start to feel lost, can you settle in finally and just enjoy the moment and enjoy the process and see where that takes your life in addition to utilizing some of the practices that I've shared today. And I'm really excited to hear from you and let me know if some of these have helped you, what you feel like works for you, what you feel like does not work for you. And I will see you next time on the next episode of the Wholehearted Glow podcast with me, Blaze Collette. I will talk to you soon. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I'm at Wholehearted Glow Coaching. And if you have any more information about one-on-one coaching, you can just check out my website, wholeheartedglowcoaching.com and click on offerings. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon. Bye.